Hey, it's Chris. Welcome to the Daily Tech Podcast. This is episode number 90, getting close to 100. Let me first of all just say thank you for listening. We have a Buy Me a Coffee account, and every now and then somebody buys a coffee for me as a thank you. I don't really promote this anymore, anywhere. It's literally just listed in the description. So anytime somebody pops in and buys a coffee, it's like, wow, first of all, I forgot that existed. How did they even know about that? Uh, but then also, I just want to make sure and thank a few people. So Jared C. White said, I've been enjoying your podcast for a while now. That latest episode recorded on the Apple Watch Ultra is really blowing me away. Amazing. Uh, so thank you, Jared. Thanks for listening. First of all, thanks for the coffee as well, obviously. But I have to say, I was out in the car the other day, and my own podcast popped up in CarPlay. So I listened to it. I was like, what does this sound like in the car speakers? And you know what? It didn't sound that bad. I'm not trying to toot my own horn or anything. I'm just saying the the Apple Watch Ultra itself didn't sound too bad to to record a whole podcast on. That's pretty cool. That's amazing, actually, like you said. so. But thank you. Also, John F., JB, Tapio, uh, Tastin, thank you all uh, for the coffees and for being a part of Daily Tech in the first place. Let me tell you about what we're going to talk about today. I want to talk about the trail loop. I made some comments, a comment, <laughs> in my latest Apple Watch Ultra review about the trail loop that people are not happy about. We're going to talk about that. Uh, I want to talk about just kind of what's going on Daily Tech. I'm doing some extra filming of some videos for this holiday break. I'll just kind of give you some behind the scenes there. I want to talk about, somebody asked me what I thought about Notion AI versus Jasper, which I like, which I use. I checked into it. I haven't used it yet, but I have some thoughts on it. I want to talk about Apple and advertising again. I want to talk about Apple and the metaverse. I don't want Apple getting into this area. They traditionally have you know, been talking about shying away from it. That may or may not mean anything. We're going to talk about that, but I'm not really excited if Apple's getting into metaverse territory. Also, I'll give you my thoughts on Twitter, and they're going to be different than the rest of the Apple outlets. That's for sure. And then I'll say a very quick word about the FTX debacle, which has to do with crypto. I'm putting that at the end because... Less people are probably interested in that, but because I made a crypto course, I wanted to, I've been having people asking, you know, for my opinions there. So I'm just going to weigh in very briefly about the whole FTX thing. Okay. So what's the deal with the trail loop? Uh, in the latest Apple watch ultra video, I was talking about, you know, ways to get the most out of the Apple watch ultra. One of the things you can do is just get the right band. Talk about, you know, titanium band and some other bands, you know, that are made specifically for the ultra and one of the things that I said, out of the Apple bands, you know, the trail loop is my personal least favorite. Now, of course, when we get into this territory, it's all subjective. And a ton of people, first of all, took issue with me not liking the trail loop. Uh, and look, we're all going to have different opinions. But second of all, I think misunderstood what I was trying to convey. Or maybe, to say it better, I maybe could have been more clear in the way that I portrayed it. I was mostly talking about the price versus you know the materials and the actual build of the thing. I understand there's so many people out there who are like, Chris, I can't believe you would say this. This is the most comfortable band I own. I'm gonna buy mul multiple of these. I'm gonna have more than one of the trail loop. That's totally fine. I'm glad for you to, to enjoy it. Uh, and, and I understand, you know, uh, I said I really am liking the Ocean Band. And some people are like, hey, to me, that one's the one that seems least worth it or the most cheap. And people have their problems with the Alpine uh, band as well. So, you know, it's totally subjective. But and, and I guess, you know, $99 for any of the bands does seem way overpriced and ridiculous. Now, 
whenever there's a product like this, you have to take into account not just the materials, but also like the R&D that went into it. Now, I realize I'm saying research and development. Some people are going to be like, for a watch band? Well, Apple did engineer, I guess you could say, you could say over-engineer. I'm not going to make you say that <laughs> or, or, you know, but they're really thought out. You could say, is it well thought out? I don't know, but they're very thought out and they're very unique and interesting and different. They were designed for specific use cases, you know, and most people are going to be more like me. I think that ended up buying this in non-adventure type of people who just on their every, everyday adventures <laughs> and, you know, I'm wearing the dive watch and I'm not a diver, for instance. My comment mostly, I was like, it's just not worth it. It's just not for $99. I was just saying, coming from, from me personally, I'm not saying it's a bad band. It just doesn't feel worth $99. I just wanted to say that's what I meant. Let me tell you about how busy it is around here. Anytime there's a holiday coming up, uh, and it depends on the holiday, obviously people take time off. But when you're a YouTuber and you're putting up content all the time, then you have to plan ahead because you can take some time off, but your content can't easily take some time off and keep the momentum of your channel rolling necessarily. So, and on top of that, you have some advertisers who come along, they're like, hey, can we have this week or that week? And, you know, business is business and you, you got to accommodate and keep things rolling. So it just so happens Thanksgiving's coming up. And you know, from a consumer standpoint, you're like, hey, Black Friday, man, I'm gonna get some deals. From a business standpoint, you know, you have the other the other side of that is like, what can we offer people? You know, let's do some promotions. And then you have someone like me, a YouTuber who's kind of in the middle, and I'm sort of a conduit between the business and the consumer. And we had a lot of people interested in doing some sponsoring. So normally we try to just keep it to one sponsor per week. Um, things got a little bit crazy with the scheduling. And, uh, so we had two sponsors really interested in black Friday stuff. So I'm filming one sponsor extra. This is an extra video today. As soon as I'm done recording this podcast, I got to go do this extra video, which I already did the script for and everything. So it's just the filming, the editing, it's going to be an iPad related video, but so, so, you know, we're a week away and then next week I have to film an extra one on top of that, um, for when I'm on vacation, you know, early in the week, I'll film it. And then later in the week, I'll be on vacation, but I'll still have some videos to publish. So it's been uh, a lot of pre-planning. I assume a lot of other channels are doing something very similar as well. Yeah. So, uh, you know, somebody asked me about Notion AI. If you don't know, I like Jasper. Jasper is an artificial intelligent writing assistant. Uh, it's great for marketing in particular. I think a lot of people see it being shown off or, or anything similar, copy.ai uh, or, or whatever. There's a, there's a ton of these. They're kind of like, I, th I feel like Jasper was like really the first main big one, but I feel like a lot of people are like, well, you know, humans should write, you know, why are we having artificial intelligence do the writing? You know, humans are more creative and blah, blah, blah. Right. And, and nobody, the funny thing is everyone wants the AI to write for them, but nobody really wants to read something by an AI. You want to read something by a person. But for me, where it has made the most sense is as a marketing tool. So not like. I'm not writing a novel with it. Anything that needs a heavy dose of opinion is not a good place for artificial intelligence to step in, obviously. Those are obvious things. So anyways, Notion uh, looks like, you know, they so and, and, and they know that too. They put out here, 
Really, Notion AI in its present form is your teammate before, during, and after the writing process. I think they're trying to say, hey, we're not here to like write your term paper for you students <laughs> or you know, write up your annual report business people. Uh, it's more about tools to assist in the writing. So, you know, things like brainstorming, uh, the brainstorm feature looks pretty cool. Basically, if you if you want to know what I think about it, I think it's cool that it's integrated into Notion, some AI capabilities. That's good. It's another option. Options are always good. I'm always pro options. So you can do old school Notion now, or you can uh, integrate some AI stuff. But I don't think it's more powerful than Jasper. Jasper has a huge head start here in terms of what they offer and the templates and the features and the modes and the plugins. Jasper can work all over the place. It's not just limited to, you know, just one app. So it's cool. It's cool. I like it. it. It's not enough to get me personally to switch from Jasper, but if I was already a Notion user, a heavy Notion person, then I'd be really excited. Um, I've been seeing some articles talking about Apple employees who aren't happy that Apple's got a $4 billion ad business. They're saying it's at odds with the internal culture and values. And I know I weigh in on this periodically. I've weighed in on advertising in Apple News, for instance, pretty often. People are upset more recently about uh, ads in the App Store. We were getting some pretty crappy looking ads. Uh, developers weren't happy about it, appearing these ads appearing next to their apps in the App Store. And when it comes to advertising, <laughs> it's a double-edged sword, right? We've gotten ourselves so used to free content that advertising has become predominantly the business model of the internet that everyone was used to for the last however long, you know, decade plus, two decades, whatever. You know, that's just the way things happen. We got free content and we got it because people advertised to us. So there's also the whole privacy thing that gets caught up in this. Apple says we're all about privacy and Facebook and Google don't necessarily make those claims. And they, they have kind of a surveillance machine data harvesting and utilization scheme where they make money off of your data. Apple's like, we're going to make money off of selling you expensive devices instead. But Apple's also said, hey, hey, we're going to advertise, but we're not going to use your data necessarily to advertise to you. So we're not going to have like, quote unquote, smart ads as much as like Google or something. But, you know, still, maybe there's a win-win to be had wherein we know that you, we, we can know that you're interested in something just based on certain characteristics uh, without tracking you, or we can make a, a best guess kind of thing. So like, like dumber ads, basically, less privacy invading ads, but still ads. And by the way, uh, I realize you have to take what I'm saying with a grain of salt too, because nobody likes ads, but my business certainly relies on ads, right? not just AdSense, but sponsorship deals. We just kind of talked about that. If I could get away from advertising personally, like from a business perspective, in fact, it's one of my goals someday to be able to hopefully do that. I would do it in an instant. I don't like ads. I don't like being reliant on them. Still, we do our best to have like win-win ads. You know, and I've talked about that a lot, so I'm not going to go over that here as well. But the difference here though, I feel like, is that Apple doesn't need the ads. This $4 billion to Apple is like nothing. And it just feels like kind of greedy. My business dies without ads. Let's just put it like that. <laughs> and obviously Google's business is very ad-based. But Apple though, 
they're doing fine without the ads. So here's a Apple Insider article here that's talking about this. And it says, while small compared to behemoths such as Google's advertising empire, Apple's own advertising isn't a small project for the company, with it earning billions from ads served in the App Store and other areas. While Apple has ambitions to grow its ad business in the coming years, potentially hitting $6 billion by 2025, it also has to deal with the fundamental struggle. Advertising is viewed as an anti-privacy industry, whereas Apple is decidedly on the side of privacy being a human right. And uh, it's just interesting. I, I see that word human right. This is something that we talk about in my philosophy group, you know, uh, like what does it mean to be a human? And where do these rights come from? And who decides what is a right and what isn't? Is it your government? If your government says, here's your rights, your government can also take those rights away. Or do those rights come from something else? These are interesting topics to me. I, so I feel like the companies here just kind of throw out a buzzword that sounds good and it can change over time. But it says, this isn't just an external image struggle, but one that's also internal. Engineers working on Apple's ad technology have signaled that though Apple wants to get its ad sales bigger, that's a nod sentence there, uh, the engineers don't want it to swell too big. <laughs> well, what? That doesn't make sense at all. Basically, the, the, People working on this have expressed a fear that Apple could be going too far with the ad business and it could potentially harm the iPhone's premium experience. You know, things are just better without ads. They just are. And it's true that ads are associated with free, freeness. And, uh, you know, often think, think of the games in the app store that are free, but they got an ad banner or something. It's terrible. Anytime you can remove an ad, it's a gain, usually. So to be squeezing extra juice out of the iPhone, for instance, with the ads. It, it, I, I agree with, with the engineers here. That's, that doesn't make for a really great experience. It doesn't feel like the Apple that you think of in your head sometimes when you think about a premium device. Now, there is a difference here. People familiar with the matter have said Apple's ambitions are not to try to build an ad network beyond you know, its own ecosystem like Google or Meta, not some vast network. And uh, they're apparently not wanting to increase the number of ad spots uh, beyond what's already there. Kind of the thing is the ads are here. They're not, they're not going to go in the opposite direction. <laughs> We're not going to, this is my prediction. We're going to see more ads, not less. Anyways, um, I could talk about this, but, but it's just interesting that, you know, even Apple employees aren't super excited about this. Let's move on though. And let's talk a little bit about Apple in the metaverse. Um, I don't want Apple to create a metaverse. Obviously the term metaverse is just a virtual reality, a take on virtual reality. Facebook obviously turned their name into meta and tried to turn the company into something that was producing a metaverse virtual reality place. It was wildly unpopular. It's just not clicking with people right now losing a ton of money, fired a ton of people, fired way more than Twitter fired. Here's the thing though, I'm I'm approaching this from a totally different angle, okay? Apple is, uh, from what I've heard, and I don't have any inside information, I'm just looking at the news and stuff like anybody, they were less interested in a virtual place where you can just spend all your time and hang out there forever uh, instead of living in the real world, like kind of like Meta was sort of thinking about. They were more interested in a place that sounded like where it's temporary, where you get in, get out, get something done, and then, you know, go back to real life or whatever, you know, something that's not a place where you permanently dwell, either for work or for play. So what's, what's kicking off this discussion is that there was a Apple uh, job posting, and this was a posting that was Apple's apparently looking for 
an augmented reality and 3D content designer for their mixed reality device, which could arrive in 2023. So here's uh, what Cult of Mac has to say about it. Based on the job listing, Bloomberg's Mark Gurman, who we know is sometimes right, sometimes wrong, is looking, says Apple's looking for a, a software producer to create VR content. Further, it wants to build a video service for playing back 3D content in VR. Another posting points to Apple's airheads at taking advantage of App Intense, that's an Apple framework, to work seamlessly with Siri shortcuts and search. Interestingly, one job posting talks about creating a 3D mixed reality world. German's latest power on newsletter highlights the position's requirements to, quote, build tools and frameworks to enable connected experiences in a 3D mixed reality world. Now, that could mean anything. I mean, that doesn't mean a fully encompassing virtual world necessarily. It could just mean Apple's looking at building a, a meeting room, you know, a place to like video conference in VR, AR or something. It, you know, it could just be a very limited use case. Here's the thing. If you fast forward society and reality 20 years, 50 years, 100 years, and VR and, and AR stuff is all over the place, in the digital realm, you can more or less be anything. You know, like Ready Player One, you know, it's just whatever your imagination can come up with. So you could trick your brain into thinking like you're rich and live in a palace in VR, right? And live in a hovel and you just jack in in reality, or it's kind of like the Matrix too, right? The main comment that I have here is that I don't want anybody, whether it's Apple or Facebook slash Meta, uh, any company, any company out there, determining reality, whether it's, well, they can't determine actual reality, but but virtual reality. You know, let's say like every, the whole Earth's population is living in this shared virtual place, uh, or a good portion of it, even 20%, whatever. However many people own iPhones, like let's say they're all in, this virtual world and Apple sets the rules, the aesthetics. And you know, it's not like the government in whatever country you're in, like the U S or the UK or Canada, wherever you are, you know, the government kind of determines the, the rules of the land and stuff. You know, it's like living in a different place in a way, but with the company that runs it in charge of things. Now you have to ask yourself, do you want that? And you also have to ask yourself, is that good for humanity? <laughs> We're back to that word humanity. And for society, here's the thing. Reality always trumps the virtual. And what I mean by that is, what happens when you unplug the servers that run the virtual place? Does the virtual place continue to exist? Or there's like a solar flare, right? And it knocks everybody's um, virtual reality offline. At some point, virtual always gives way to actual reality. So this is actually a bigger societal question. Should we, do we want to spend most of our time in, are there benefits uh, to, to being more virtual or to being more grounded in reality? And I don't know, is society going to have different factions of, of people, some who are living, you know, out in this virtual space and some who are, you know, trying to exist more in, in actual reality? I don't know, but I do know this. The, the, the primacy will always be in reality. And what I mean by that is, when you had a gold rush, there's a famous saying in the entrepreneurial space, when you had a gold rush and people were running to California to try to get rich by digging for some gold, who was actually striking it rich and making the most money? The people selling the picks and the <laughs> shovels, you know, the tools. They were equipping the people who were there to try to get rich. And I feel like the virtual space is just the same scenario. You know, people are trying to make it into a big thing. Meta is trying to force it. 
like this is what we're doing next and apple's probably approaching it from more of a utilitarian standpoint you know apple usually doesn't do things unless there's they feel like there's a good reason now i think greg jazwiak is is the one the apple executive who said the word metaverse is a word he's never going to use but at the same time apple is up to something they they don't want to use metaverse because it's branded you know, like Facebook, Zuckerberg made a play to like brand that and make it his thing. And it's not doing well. So it's failing. So they really don't want to be associated with anything metaverse right now. But, but really it's virtual space, virtual stuff. I feel like though, that the virtual world is just kind of a different take on the emperor's new clothes, you know? So obviously, hopefully everyone's familiar with emperor's new clothes. The swindlers come along. I'm not saying anyone involved in uh, VR stuff is a swindler, but I'm just saying in this story, the swindlers come along and they're like, Hey, we're going to get you decked out in the nice clothes. And then they trick him and he's not wearing any clothes parading up and down and everyone acts like he is. And it's like this big farce. So let's say that we just do something that's AR, right? That's what Apple comes out with. And you can overlay uh, a different face on the people around you or different clothes or buildings can change. The, you, you can alter what your brain perceives, you know, the stuff around you. But again, what happens when the power goes out, <laughs> right? Or the solar flare hits, all that goes away and you're left with the prime reality. And that prime reality is always going to be there, whether the virtual reality is there on top of it or not. And we're gonna end up in this weird space, however this goes, and we're already there with like social networks. Social networks are kind of like countries, but virtual and, and they have inhabitants and residents, but they span, you know, their kingdoms, so to speak, expand across geographical borders. But who's in charge of those citizens, right? If I'm on Instagram and I'm in the US, you know, whose rules apply to me, <laughs> you know? Uh, it, and the answer is it sort of depends. And what I'm saying is we're going to end up in, in that same kind of a scenario where, you know, what if the whole world, just for the sake of argument was in Apple's digital space or Facebook's digital space, all the citizens of the world, but we still have these countries everywhere. Like who takes precedence and then take the governments out of it. Right. I'm just, I'm just saying reality takes precedence because you unplug the servers, it all goes away, but what's still here? Reality. I feel like I'm just sort of getting repetitive and this is way off the beaten path, but the main thing is I don't want to live in a corporate world, virtual place, whether it's a social network or whether it's uh, you know, a cyber village or something where, where any corporation is saying, here's the new reality, you know, and here's the rules. And here's how we're going to act, get in line with whatever the company thinks uh, applies in terms of ethics, for instance, or you can't participate. Whether that's Apple or Google or Facebook, Meta, whoever it is. Okay, and and sort of on the same subject, let me just chime in with um, everyone's freaking out about Twitter. I've been a Twitter user for a long time. We have a decent audience on Twitter, like 20,000 plus followers. And uh, we were on there since the glory days when you could complain about something and end up with like a free presidential suite at the hotel or something, you know, <laughs> I've been there since then. And, uh, you know, everyone's freaking out because Elon took over. I'm going to give you a contrarian take here from what I'm seeing in the rest of the Apple verse, you know, all the Apple blogs and all the people who typically cover Apple. It's almost like they're rooting for the demise of Twitter. 
which is odd to me, just because Elon took over. First of all, I don't mind Elon taking over. I leave the politics out of it. I want Twitter to thrive. The reality is that Twitter was bleeding money before. So if you take the politics out, which is what I think people are having a hard time doing, take the politics out and this is a company and it needs to survive. No one likes to get fired. So you have some very vocal people that got fired. I've been fired. I didn't like it. But yesterday it was crazy. Everybody that I follow in the Apple universe was just saying, this is it. I'm saying goodbye. Here's where you can find me, you know, get me on Mastodon. Here's my other links. And and they're like, I'll, pro I'll probably never see you again here on Twitter. This is the end. It's been fun. And my take is that this is just way overblown. It's people are way overdue. It's an echo chamber. The media is like, oh, it's over for Twitter. And look, they locked the offices and a bunch of people resigned and slash were fired. And this is it. But it's funny because, number one, they're saying these things on Twitter, <laughs> which is working all right. Number two, Twitter's still here today and i assume that it will be and i've heard some really good takes here non-political takes just like business takes i saw one take and somebody's like hey this is a business technique that's happening here it's called whaling and culling and uh, elon is basically just finding out who's really productive who can make things happen and who couldn't and don't be surprised to see a new round of hiring you know after all these people uh were fired and also some people quit you're, the next thing you see is some new hires to support the people that are very productive that are still here. And I've also seen um, that Twitter is having more engagement than it ever has, basically, is like setting records um, with the number of people on here, which brings me back to people just wanting it to fail just because Elon is in charge. That's not me. I, I want Twitter. I've enjoyed Twitter. I rely on Twitter. I use it, especially the bookmark feature. I've got a bunch of different categories of bookmarks. And when I run into stuff that I want to remember, I save those bookmarks and sort them out there and it's something that I can reference. It's a very valuable tool to me. So I don't root for Twitter's demise. And I got to tell you, everyone's like, hey, let's jump ship and let's go to Mastodon. And I'm like, why? Mastodon is such a mess. It looks like Twitter, kind of, but it's really more like a Reddit where, you know, it's not like you can just publish something out there. Somebody has to like retweet it to get out well, whatever, remastered on it. I don't even know what the word is. You, it's it's not Twitter. It tries to look like Twitter, but it is not Twitter. And people who expect it to be Twitter are going to be really disappointed when they give Mastodon a try. It's a weird kind of decentralized thing. So again, people in the like venture capital community, um, they signed up really quick to be on board with Elon because they think that he's really good at running companies. So, you know, like people, I've seen, I'm not going to name names, but there's some Apple blogs who obviously just have a, a, an agenda against Elon now and against Twitter, even though not a whole lot has changed. A little bit changed with the verification thing, which I think was just a, a, a task that Elon gave to kind of sort out like who can do some work here and who can't. Like, where's the dead weight and who's ready to get to work? <laughs> like Dwight Schrute coming in, who's ready to work? And, you know, that'll all get straightened out. Elon does do things differently. You might notice that Twitter, uh, or sorry, Tesla never advertises. And yet look how successful Twitter, or Tesla, why am I? <laughs> look how successful uh, Tesla has been without advertising. That's so weird. You never see a Tesla ad anywhere. You see a lot of ads for like GM and other automakers, but not for Tesla. There's a reason why SpaceX and Tesla are massively popular and successful, which is not to say that everything Elon touches turns to gold, but people who 
uh, bet with their money, venture capitalists, lined up to get in on the deal because they know his capabilities. So I'm betting that as time goes on, and there's no good alternatives to Twitter, Mastodon is not a viable alternative. As time goes on, I think Twitter is hopefully going to thrive. You know, with with all the layoffs and stuff, here's what I think is actually going to happen. Maybe if something breaks, it's going to take hours to fix instead of minutes. You know, things like that until they get other people hired. That's really what's going to happen. People invested a ton. I don't care if you're a celebrity or non-celebrity. Anybody with a decent amount of followers, you invested to build that up on Twitter. And you're not just going to throw it all away overnight. Especially in the coming weeks as people see, hey, it's still going. I still got this network. I can still talk to people and connect in this really unique way that I can't anywhere else. I think Twitter's going to be fine. I think it's going to thrive. And I'm rooting for it too because I use it and I don't want it to die. And I don't think it's going to. Okay, very quick note about FTX. And, you know, it went down. If you are unfamiliar about crypto stuff, then FTX is kind of like, it was kind of like a a bank, but for crypto stuff. They were up to some shady stuff. Um, You know, if you're familiar with like Coinbase, it was kind of like a Coinbase where you can buy crypto assets and they'll hold on to them for you. (laughs) Again, kind of like a crypto bank, but crypto is obviously much less regulated than regular banking and whatever. So my main comment to leave people with is that DeFi over CeFi. So CeFi is centralized finance, DeFi decentralized. Why would you get into crypto? I'll tell you why. Everyone was that was in FTX probably was there to be speculative and try to make some money. I'm more interested in crypto um, for other benefits to society, like anti-censorship. It's you know the crypto that's censorship censorship resistant. You know that kind of stuff interests me from a technology perspective. Um, some of the blockchain stuff. Less am I interested in crypto to like try to make a quick buck. In fact, I'm not interested in it for that kind of stuff. But you know, the people that are using these centralized crypto exchanges like Coinbase, like FTX, if you're really like actually into crypto for reasons other than trying to make money, then you get yourself a cold wallet where you handle the storage, which is kind of neat. You're you're your own bank, basically. That's the whole point of being bankless. Uh, and it's a physical thing that, that like lives at your house, you know, um, and you're not storing your crypto on somebody else's service. It, you know, so my point is like, why even get into crypto stuff uh, in the first place? We're just going to keep it centralized, like an FTX or, or a Coinbase you know, then you're kind of asking for trouble. Like when FTX goes down or if Coinbase Coinbase ever goes down, you know, if you're in custody of your own crypto stuff and if you're not there just to try to make a quick buck, if you're there for the technology and potential benefits to society, that's a different story. So those are my thoughts. All right, that's going to wrap it up for this episode. I'm going to chug the rest of this coffee, edit this up real quick, work on the newsletter stuff a little bit and then film an extra video. I'll catch you guys in the next one. Later.